Hello and welcome to the Vander One Podcast. I am Riley Wilson and thanks for joining us. This podcast is designed for anybody that wants to start or develop or get better at a solo or small group performing career. I've got over 50 years of live performance experience. And we use not only the things that I've learned over this period of time, but also other professionals in their neck of the woods have found what worked well for them. My goal is to make this actionable as well as fun and give you things you can use immediately to start earning more money right away. Once again, welcome my old buddy, Mike Swinarski. Mike, once again, welcome. Hello, thank you for having me. So let's uh, let's circle back around. One of the things that we've talked about on this podcast so far was uh, your background and uh, playing different instruments. Mm-hmm. One of the things I'd like to ask you about, because obviously you're still, besides having your daytime job, you're still working at several different types of groups at a time. Are there any periods of time that you go, you know what, I just want to focus on doing this band or just this kind of gig, or I just want to work solo, or I just want to do band stuff. You still mm-hmm. are equivalent of the musical short order cook. Does this ever get tiring? Um, well, yes and no. Um, I, um, I have focused more recently on the band, um, and I still do the odd, because I still have things that were booked from a long time ago for... Uh, you know, that for like that are solo things and I you know honor those commitments but um, most of what I do right now is working with the back porch band uh, which is a band here in central Florida uh, which is a really fantastic group of guys and I gotta I gotta give a shout out to them um, it's it's really kind of an interesting story how that band came together um, their two best friends Jersey Jim DeFabio and Mark Alexander Two guys, you know, round about my age, Jim's a little bit older, Mark's about the same age as me, just had always wanted to be in a band, and they uh, didn't play instruments. And they just decided, you know, in their 50s and 60s, I'm going to learn bass, I'm going to learn drums, and we're going to put a band together. And they did it. And That's uh, incredible. It is It is incredible. And, uh, you know, we have quite a, quite a following. And... Um, you know, we, we do, um, you know, country line dancing nights. We do, uh, you know, classic rock nights. We, we filled up, um, you know, there's a big place here called Rock and Brews, uh, and we filled that place up. Yes, uh, we've got one over here recently. in the Colony, which is the town right next to where we live in mm-hmm. Frisco. And they basically do a, a large classic rock band. So you're playing mm-hmm. that one there in the Orlando area. Yep, playing the one in Kissimmee, and um, we're playing... Um, we're really excited because we have a we have a gig coming up on the thirteenth uh, at a at a big resort close by here called Balmoral. Uh, and I've heard of that big stage, and we're going to be playing there. Um, and then we can, we also can break up into pieces and play with as as few as two, like myself and Ryan, the other guitar player, will do you know um, a duo or um, or you know three. We're going to be playing uh, at a local um, Shriners Hall <laughs> for a lot of their events in uh, cool. coming up in the spring. Uh, so, so most of my energy I put into um, to playing with these guys because they've they number one they've been great to me. They they brought me in. They Mark and Mark and Jim used to come to see my solo shows and try to goad me into <laughs> joining their band, and they would yeah. Try- you know, why don't you get together and jam, get together and jam. And, and I would go over there and we'd have little jam sessions. And, you know, finally I was like, okay, fine, I'm in. <laughs> and, and it's been, it's been amazing. You know, they're, they're wonderful guys and, uh, and 
the band is solid. You know, it's very solid. So, uh, so what's the when, when right you do this? It, it's you and another guitar player and a bass player. Is that correct? Uh, there's uh, Jim and Mark are the bass player and drummer, um, and then there's another guitar player, Brian Viafora, and then we have a, a singer who comes down from St. Pete uh, to play gigs with us. His name is Aaron Flanagan, and uh, he plays acoustic guitar as well, and I do keys with that band too. Cool. Hmm? Um, I, I think one of the things that's most fascinating to me about both of these interviews is that, number one, uh, you've been playing music since you were a small child. Mm -hmm. Number two, you've been gigging since before you had a driver's license, which yep. is pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. My um, first gig was in a prison, actually. <laughs> at, at 13. I, I played a couple of those gigs, and they are not for the faint of heart. Would you agree? No, sir, they are not. <laughs> I haven't talked about this, but I worked with a band in the late 70s that played uh, the um, the federal maximum security facility in Butner, North Carolina. That's where they took John Hinckley Jr. when he attempted oh, to wow. kill President Reagan. Yeah. And I have to tell you something. It was very much like get smart because, you know, you have you start walking through a corridor mm -hmm. and door would shut behind you. They had probably eight doors that shut behind us. And I realized once we're in there. If anything goes south, I'm in deep trouble. You know, on that same note, just a, a completely different tangent. Um, adjacent to that maximum security place is a is a big, wide open land that's a that was at least back in the you know early '80s. It was a, it was a Boy Scout camp. Yes. yes. And I attend I sure. attended a Boy Scout jamboree camp out there for like three days when when Hinkley was being. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 so wild. And uh, <laughs> but as I said, having done all of these gigs, I think the thing that fascinates me and I'm sure will uh, intrigue many of our, our, our listeners and viewers is that you're still doing it. You're working maybe as as often now as you've ever worked. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like it's still fun and it still captivates you. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I always go back to one of one of my favorite movies was um, that thing you do by. Yes. Uh, that Tom Hanks produced and he wrote the movie. And, and there's a line in that movie that, that sticks with me. And, uh, and I never forget that. And it's, there's, if you've seen the movie, there's that, that old jazz guy, Del Paxton. And he, he tells guy, guy is the drummer. He tells him bands come and go. You got to keep playing no matter with who and watch your money. You land on your feet. Yeah, and that, that's true. That just stuck in my head from the first time I saw that movie. And I, I, I always, like live by that as a big country music fan i i was always a fan of ernest tubb and the texas troubadours in fact mm -hmm. i got to see them the second year they were on austin city limits we wow. got to open for et at a club south of raleigh called 401 opry house you may have remembered it It actually burned to the ground uh, probably yeah. about five years after i was there but i remember got the to long play break. for him or <laughs> got to open for him and meet his band and go on his bus which is a thrill and I remember seeing E.T. do a show probably within the last year of his life, and he wasn't in good health. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think it was uh, Jack, what was his name, the guy that recorded There Goes My Everything. He said, Ernest is going to die on the back of that damned bus. And he almost <laughs> did, but Ernest did what he loved to do. He loved to mm -hmm. play and sing for people and entertain people. And I think that most of us that have been doing this for any length of time still do it as long as we can. Um, mm -hmm. I've had some Listen. issues with a hip and a knee recently, so I've had to be seated on some of my gigs. 
And my wife is really chomping at the bit for me to be able to stand and play again because she thinks that's a, a better way to provide a show. But the truth of the matter is um, I still enjoy playing. And as long as I'm physically able to do it and can sing and play, I still want to do it. And it sounds like you kind of feel somewhat the same. Would that be safe to say? A hundred percent, hundred percent. I'll do it until, until I, my fingers don't move anymore. Um, you know, and then I'll give all my, uh, guitars what i have left i i don't have too many i used to have loads and loads of guitars but i don't have too many anymore i just have a few really good ones um, but i'll give them what i have left to my son my son is an excellent guitarist and a cellist and and really uh, really talented composer i want to talk briefly about gear because you told a story on youtube a few years ago that i thought was hilarious and i've never forgotten it as you know i played ovation guitars on and off for years mm -hmm. and years and years and I remember your story about you're going to buy an acoustic guitar the first time and you picked up an ovation. You said your dad kind of freaked and says, I'm not going to have my son buy a plastic guitar. That's exactly that right. Story. You know, I, I was that was for my 18th birthday and I had I didn't really have a really good acoustic guitar. Um, and, uh, you know, my father, I had only the only guitar I really had was my my Telecaster, which I still have. And um you know, a couple of chunky, beat up old, you know, those kind of flea market guitars that you buy for 10 bucks back in those days. Yes. <laughs> uh, my dad wanted me to have a good, a good acoustic guitar. So we went out to some place out in Cary and, uh, you know, I, I, I was, you know, a total rocker. I always uh, wanted an ovation. He was like, absolutely not. It's not happening. And I, I had my heart set on like a sunburst ovation, you know, round back and with a pickup on it and everything. Because, you know, guys like John Bon Jovi and all these oh, you know, sure. rocker bands, they all played ovation guitars. But we settled on an Alvarez. It was a 77 Alvarez. It was used. And uh, I played that guitar until last year. I gave it to my son, Anthony, because, you know, he's he's coming along really amazingly as a guitar player. And I handed that off to him. Um but I, I got an, I finally did get an ovation, gosh, I guess about a year ago, because I was, you know, doing this thing where I was buying in pawn shops and, uh, and flipping these guitars. And uh, I finally did get an ovation, and I played one gig with it. And um, I realized that a round back guitar is not ideal for somebody with a round front. <laughs> you know if you got a little bit of a belly on you <laughs> ovation doesn't work so that one that, that one so left funny. the fold pretty quick so uh um, right, yeah funny yeah so wow. i didn't i didn't hang on to the ovation and i'm kind of i guess i'm glad i didn't didn't get it you know it's, it's so interesting because i know that you've been a telly guy for years and i remember g smith they asked mm -hmm. a guitar player years ago he said when it came to guitars it's like do you play the guitar or do you play a telly, right? As a, mm -hmm. If you're a motorcycle guy, do you ride a Harley or do you ride some other piece of junk, you know? Yeah, well, you know, tellys are, um, I'm glad that I that I started with a telly early on. And there's a good reason for it. I mean, I've had a lot of tellys and I still have a few. Um, but even, even though I've had loads and loads of guitars, when I play out, I use minimal amount of, of gear. You know, for most of my life, I had a guitar, a Telecaster, an amp, and a Rat pedal. 
Um, but playing with with a with a guitar like a Telecaster, and I literally, you know, my my guitar tech buddy stopped by here about half an hour before our call to pick up my old Tele from the '80s to to, to set it up for me because it was a little played out. Um, but uh, we were talking about it, you know, it, playing guitar like that forces you to learn how to use the guitar to its full potential. You know, if you have whammy bars and switches and kill switches and this and that, I mean, fine if you like that stuff, but there's, with a telly, there's nothing to hide behind. Let me, let me show you, hold on one second. Let me show you. Okay. My... I think one of the interesting things that I think you and probably many of our viewers would agree with, like myself, you've gone back and forth from acoustic to electric guitar almost since the beginning of your, your career as a player. They... And I think... Mm -hmm. Right. And I think many of us that play both electric and acoustic guitars, there's not a lot of difference between a Telecaster, especially if you've got medium to heavy gauge strings on it. Not mm -hmm. a lot of difference between that and an acoustic guitar. And so they translate pretty well. Yeah, I've, I've always played both all the time. You know, like, like the other night on New Year's Eve, um, we did we did four, four hours worth of music. And I had a well, I, I did play banjo on a few songs because they wanted to the place requested some bluegrass. Um, but I had an acoustic and I had nice one oh, red Esquire one pickup. That's it. And, you know, like I said, it forces you to learn how to how to use the instrument. You know, you you, you learn what the knobs are for. You don't just have them dimed on 10. You know, you learn that. Um, you can roll back the. Uh, you can crank the amp and get it to overdrive and then roll back the volume and clean it up. And there's, there's so much you can do if you, and, and playing, being a telly player really, you know, forces you to, to, to learn that, you know, I, I played, I played tellies and a distortion box and a rolling jazz chorus when everybody, you know, in the eighties, everybody had Marshall stacks and whatever, and I couldn't afford any of that stuff. So, you know, I had to use what I had. Well, a jazz chorus with a distortion unit is actually quite a good weapon. I still use a JC. I use a JC40. That's what I play. That's the only, actually, the only amp that I own right now is a wow. Roland JC and, uh, you know, and a pedal. And that's it. You know, I, I recently heard a, uh, a quote from somebody, and I don't remember who it was, but they said that uh, with every Telecaster, you get a free Les Paul. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> And it's true because if you know how to if you know how to work the knobs, you, you make it into a less ball. There are a lot of well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, again, we haven't talked about this kind of thing for you for us in many many years since our lessons together. But um, you know, all the all the California people, Howard Roberts, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Tommy Tedesco, Tommy Tedesco. Uh, yeah. Bobby Bain, all those guys were Telecaster players. And that's the sound that you heard on like the '50s records, like the James Burton stuff mm -hmm. with, with uh, you know, with Rick Nelson and later with Elvis. But mm -hmm. a Telecaster, uh, Rick, asked Rick Devito, you know, guitar player, worked with with uh, Fleetwood Mac for years. He said Telecasters mm -hmm. can do almost anything. Pete Anderson, uh, mm -hmm. one of my fellow GIT alums, would agree with that as well because mm -hmm. he played a, a Tele for much of his career. Let me ask oh, yeah. you about when you're doing just your acoustic solo gigs. Um, do you have a small PA that you bring, or do you generally play a place that's got a PA system? You just bring the acoustic guitar. How do you do those things? It depends on the venue. Like the one, I, the place that I played um, on uh, on Friday past, uh, I did it solo, and 
they have everything there and I can just show up with my acoustic guitar and I bring, I bring a, you know, a preamp to run into the, um, into the PA for my guitar. And what are you it, using for that? If you don't mind my asking, it's a little boss unit. Um, and it's got, um, you know, feedback suppression and chorus and, and a preamp. Okay. I don't remember exactly, about, you know, this big two switches on it. I don't remember. One of the little rolling boxes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I have, um, for when I play electric guitar or bass, for that matter, I use a um, an M roll a Boss ME80, and it's basically just like having a fleet of Boss pedals. Um, yeah. But I use it basically for a little bit of delay, a little bit of reverb, and some crunch, and that's it. Cool, cool. Mm -hmm. um, so let me ask you a question: um, When you're playing these solo gigs, and you've been doing this for a while, and just did one mm -hmm. last week, what's the best part of playing solo? I, I really enjoy it when the, when the crowd is into it. Um, it's, it's, it can be daunting and you gotta, you gotta go in there with the mindset that, you know, especially in a place like the one I played on Friday, people are eating. So they're not paying attention to you necessarily. So you can't take it personally when they don't, you know, go crazy after every song. Um, but when, when you, when you're playing a place where the crowd is into it and they're, uh, you know, they're, you know they they're uh, they're singing along. You know the other night I I was playing. Uh, you know I almost always whenever I do anything but a, but a classic rock gig I always do Country Roads because everybody loves that song. I don't care who you are, everybody loves that song. And I step back from the microphone and the crowd sang it back to me. Isn't that cool? And that was amazing. You know I mean I didn't write that song, but um, but you know that just that just gave me a little chill thinking you know th this is how engaged these people are at what i'm doing you know they they're paying enough attention and to sing it back to me and i love that's that. marvelous you know it's funny i did that exact same song thursday night at a, a at a retirement facility it was place was packed 150 mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. and uh uh, so they, they were they were all into it and loving it as well. In fact, uh, John actually John Dusseldorf was originally from Fort Worth, so I thought that was kind of appropriate. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, when when you've got the crowd into it, that's that's the best part. What's mm -hmm. the most daunting part? Starting. Okay. Elaborate. Walking walking up onto that stage alone, you know, um, you know, just me and my. You know uh, my little guitar and there's there's nobody behind me and there's nobody and there's all these people staring at me i i, I went in the other night thinking the place was going to be was going to be quiet and i walked in and the place was packed all the way through and uh, i it was so it was so busy that i even asked the the, the head waitress that i know very well <clears throat> if she would rather have me serve help serve than uh, than play and i was half serious half joking but she was like, no, no, go, you can go ahead and play. And, <clears throat> you know, but um, getting up there and, you know, walking up to the microphone and by yourself when there's, when it's a band, it doesn't, it doesn't even phase me. But when it's, when it's alone, you know, you walk up there and say, hey, um, you know, my name is Michael and I'm here to play for you for the next three hours. You don't know what your reception is going to be. You know, you don't know That's whether true. they're going to, they're gonna, you know, throw tomatoes at you or. <laughs> Fortunately, that's never happened. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I'm 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 glad to have a chance to now. Let's talk about. Um, you have several musical hats that you wear. Do you mm -hmm. ever? 
you ever end up finding you're playing one part in a gig and you're wearing the wrong hat? <laughs> oh yeah, um, you know I did I did a bunch of uh, a bunch of work throughout October at a beer garden in Kissimmee, and uh, and here I am showing up every every uh, you know Friday and Saturday. I was working two nights a week at uh, at this beer garden during Oktoberfest, wearing lederhosen and uh, and a little Tyrolean hat. And, you know, we're playing, you know, Ein Prolze der Gemütlichkeit, and we're also playing um, I Will Survive. <laughs> That's and fun. It's weird. And um, it was fun. I worked with a really great singer, Ashley Cintron, uh, just a phenomenal singer. And we, we did a duo thing out there, sometimes with a drummer. Um, and uh, I was I was basically just hired as a, as a you know, fill-in. But... Um, it was it was a lot of fun and we you know we had wireless mics wireless headsets i had a wireless guitar unit so i'm walking around the beer garden through the crowd you know singing and playing and it was it was a lot of fun but it was weird you know being dressed up in a in in lederhosen and singing you know country western songs or or disco songs or whatever it was pretty funny let me ask you another question about this. What's the what's the best part of doing all of this stuff? You're an adult at a point when many people your age would probably be saying, you know, I just want to go to work and come home and you know drink beer and watch television or read a book or whatever. And yet you're out playing probably more now than you've ever played in your career. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and it's 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 a tremendous amount of fun. It, it keeps me busy. Plus, you know, you got to remember, I also had a career change, a complete regular career change, you know, um, six or seven years ago. I went from being a, a Wall Street banker to being a culinary <laughs> person, you know. And so I, I already had it in my head that I had to start over, you know, that whole idea of being, you know, in my mid 50s and uh, and working hard. To, to get myself out there, it was, it sort of felt natural because I was already starting over in my, in my career anyway. So, you know what, I want to, I want to have you talk about this because I suspect there are many people that are listening to this podcast or will watch it later on mm -hmm. YouTube or whatever that are kind of contemplating the same thing. Maybe they've had a job they've done for years and years, made a lot of money, but they're mm -hmm. not satisfied what would you tell somebody that's thinking of jumping ship and going to do something that's more aligned with their passions and their skills and what they really want to do with the rest of their lives? You know, the, the difference in what I used to make monetarily back in those days compared to what I make now is, is dramatic. Um, but you can't put a price on your, on your health and your sanity and your quality of life. And, uh, and, you know, and you're never you're never too old to to say I'm going to try something different. Um, it's you know it you know it, it's cliche, but they say you know life is a journey, and it's not about the destination. It's about it's about the the ride there. And you know, you, there's so many things to see. There's so many things to experience. I'm glad that I got the chance to be. You know, I don't I don't didn't necessarily enjoy working in, in the banking field for that long, but I'm glad I did it. It was a great experience living in New York city and seeing all those things that I did, you know, um, was amazing. 
but you know now being in a in, working in a in a busy kitchen is is a completely you know, 180 degree turn and you know it's something that i absolutely the experience i relish it like you couldn't believe i mean i i i get choked up sometimes thinking about how much i've enjoyed my time working at uh you know at the beer garden at disney i i i love it i've met some amazing amazing people some of the best friends i've ever had and uh and some met some of the greatest musicians that i've ever known um that i've gotten the opportunity to work with outside of disney as well you know because I, I made friends with a lot of the musicians at epcot and uh you know, they they've thrown work at me. Um, I've brought them into projects that I've worked on. You know, it's it's just been a, it's been an incredible ride. You know, I don't I don't regret one minute of it. I think that's tremendous. And that's also great advice for anybody that's thinking at any point, maybe I should get out there and be a, a, a solo performer and take that, you know, that long walk up to the microphone and give it a try. Mm -hmm. um, one of the other things that I have to ask about is that obviously you're in a constant state of learning new material, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, How do you absolutely. do that? How do you do that and still have a full-time job and still play with all these other acts? I, I don't know how you do that. I, I enjoy practicing. Um, you know, fortunately, we have technology on our side in this day and age, so we can, you know, I can download a lot of stuff on my iPad. If I'm playing a solo gig, I can have it all on my iPad. And one of the things that's that's great is uh, the the band that I've been playing with. They actually throw a TV screen in front of the monitors, or between the monitors, I should say, and scroll the um, scroll the lyrics, the lyrics and the chords straight from you know wow. one of these sites. And so you, nobody nobody can see it from the outside, but it's almost like having a you know a teleprompter. I was going to say, I, if, see, I told you all those years ago, you should learn to sight read. Yeah. If I drop a chord, I can just glance over and go, okay, there's a, there's a, you know, B minor coming up. Uh, <laughs> but um, I don't know, just when you love something, it's, it's, it's easy to, you know, to, to work hard at it. You know, I, I and I really, truly enjoy it. You know, and it gets a little wacky because I have so many, you know, the Irish stuff and then the country stuff and then the rock stuff and sometimes even the German stuff. But the the good thing about the German stuff and the Irish stuff is it's only both of those are just kind of one time a year. <laughs> yeah, and I think the other thing which is interesting is that we were talking about the German music and on the first podcast. Uh, when I did the, the gigs in Southern California in the early 80s at Alpine Village, it was like one chord, five chord, one chord, five chord, and occasionally you throw a four chord in there. And it seemed really mm -hmm. arbitrary to me. But after a while, I realized, wait a minute, this is country and Eastern. It is. It's, it's very, it's very country. Um, and Irish music is a very, very similar as well. You know, it's just yeah. a different, it's a different yeah. um, meter. That's all. It's all music, you know. It really is. Any final words of advice that you would suggest to somebody that maybe is on the fence that's thinking about getting out there or they made the decision to get out there and do this? What do you think have been the secrets to your longevity in this business? Um, well, like I said, my talent is being a fan, you know, and you, you got to be a fan first. You know, you, you have to you have to love, love, love music um, and and want to, you know, to be a part of it. You know, it's it's the desire to participate. 
it's like you know rock and roll fantasy camp or fantasy football or anything like that i i have long given up any kind of um disdain for people that make fun of me for being you know a middle-aged guy getting out of, and playing in bars and going oh he's just trying to be a rock. i'm not trying to be a rock star i know that shit to sell i just want to be a working musician i want to participate in the music i want I, i'm there i'm there Yes, I'm there also to pay the bills, but the main reason I'm there is is to hear the you know the sound coming out of the speakers, you know. And you got it. You got to be a fan person. You got to love it. But if you do, you then and you have any desire to do it, then do it. Absolutely, do it. You know. I think one of the interesting things that I've learned about this is that you've had a career that's had as many facets as a as a, a diamond ring, right? All these different sides of what you do. And I think the thing that also has impressed me is that you continue to polish all the different sides by all the different types of work that you do. Um, and obviously, it sounds like uh, while, you know, New York and maybe North Carolina were places that you could play some shows that Central Florida agrees with you. Would you say that's correct? A hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I've lived in a lot of places, but I, I feel like Central Florida is the closest thing to a home that I've, I've really ever had and and uh the music the music scene here is despite what anybody says it it's it's great you know it's it's what you make of it you know there's plenty of opportunities you just have to get out there and and find them and 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 get involved and put yourself out there sometimes sometimes you gotta overextend yourself you know they say fake it till you make it but you gotta put yourself out into situations where you're gonna be scared because if you don't then you're just gonna get complacent and comfortable nothing happens unless you make the effort right absolutely wonderful michael this has been two episodes chock full of stuff that i can't wait to share with our uh, viewers and listeners thank you so much and thanks everybody this is a uh, riley wilson for the band of one podcast thanks for being along for this one if you have ideas for upcoming podcasts please i'd love to hear from you get in touch with me at facebook.com forward slash band of one podcast or through our webpage, guitarmadesimpler.com. And by the way, do you have a webpage that our folks can get in touch with you? Um, well, I, I use, the, when I play uh, solo stuff, I use the stage name Michael Finn because it's a little easier than Michael Swimmer Steve plus I play a lot of the other stuff. So you can find me on Facebook at Michael Finn Music. Wonderful. So Michael Finn Music, if you want to get in touch with Michael, fantastic. Michael, thank you so much again. And uh, listeners, we'll see you next time. I'm Riley Wilson. Thanks for joining us on the Band One Podcast. Thanks, Riley. So long. Bye-bye.